Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Yep. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Barbasol, the brand America has trusted for a close, clean, comfortable shave for nearly 100 years. Now has razors. Um, if you go to Barbasol.com, you can get your razors today. If you use discount code BROWNS, you can get $2 off your initial shave kit order. Once again, at Barbasol.com, that is $2 off your initial shave kit order. Join the Barbasol Shave Club today. We got another win. Hey! <laughs> we did it! We are 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. That is 500 through five games. I am pleased. Speaking of fives, we had five coons in one room, five coon men in Ooh. one room watching the game. It was six something. if you count Luke. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Six if you count Luke. <laughs> and he was cheering. He was cheering for the Browns. Between his nap. Yep. 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 What a guy. Uh, and my oldest daughter was also back here just taking it all in, jotting uh, down notes on a piece of paper. <laughs> I think she has a thing for Baker. She does. It's <laughs> hilarious. She was writing down the score. She wrote things like, go Browns, you are winning. You got it, Baker. Because she's she, six, like she just learned how to write. And these <laughs> are the things that she's writing down um, in her free time. So, so writing cute. is still a novelty. Yes. Like just yeah. writing for it's adorable. writing words for writing's sake. She drew a scoreboard and said, you got it, Baker. I love it. She was probably just dictating the things that we were saying, which was probably the Browns are winning in exclamatory sentences. <laughs> yes. And you got it, Baker, yeah. please. Dear God, Baker, yeah. you got it. She, she didn't know how to spell damn it, so <laughs> she didn't write that. Yeah. yeah. Grandpa probably had plenty of those. It was so fun to watch with Grandpa. It was uh, a blast. It was funny how like Luke got up from his nap and was sitting on Grandpa's lap as Grandpa was like yelling profanities. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah, I remember my childhood now. Like <laughs> This is when I heard all of these words for the first time. Yeah. Thank you, Grandpa. Didn't you get in trouble at school once and you oh, blamed yeah. it on Grandpa? Yep. Oh, it was Grandpa's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I yelled, damn it, when I missed a kid throwing the kickball on the blacktop. It was right after Grandpa had visited. I yelled it so loud at the Baptist school we went to. It was bad news. Although, That's to hilarious. be fair, there was a lot of things you couldn't do at that Baptist school. Oh, that yeah. would have gotten you in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I... Some kind of something. Yeah. So we thought it would we for I think we need to apologize to the fans because the best part of our podcast is grandpa and people, uh, have, people have made that blatantly obvious and on Twitter and we made the claim that he was going to be featured on this week's episode and unfortunately he had to leave early to go back to Florida because of the storm that's coming through this storm Stupid what hurricane. is this what is this storm hurricane, hurricane Michael hurricane actually. Michael that's what I wanted to hear yeah exactly and uh, so just so the listeners know it is michael's fault that grandpa is not here <laughs> this week so direct your mail accordingly yeah but the next best thing i guess we could do is to um try to paint the picture for everyone what it was like <laughs> to watch the game with grandpa which we haven't done in a little while and it i i don't know why i forget but um right. there's a few phrases and you know things that uh he does that are worth mentioning so Watching a football game, watching anything with Grandpa for the last 10 years of my life, the most vivid memory that I have is his utter hatred of commercials. Cannot stand them. If, if he's at his house, the TV goes on mute. 
during the commercial break. Immediately. Which is awful. There's just a deafening silence. Yeah, in the and room. then there's no audio cue to win to pay attention again. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Y- you have to actually literally be watching, which probably makes marketers happy. Like, they'd much rather than, yeah, <laughs> like be visually seeing. The- so, at our house, when the Browns are on commercial, we flip over to the Red Zone channel for a, for a minute or two. For obvious watch, reasons. Watch, watch a little bit of football, see what's going on around the league, and then flip back. We because have, because we, we have this timing down pat. Yeah. We always turn it back right when they're coming back in from commercial. You just have a sense. Yeah. yeah, the commercial breaks are the same time. So like you there's kind of a sixth sense to know when it's been too long and you got to switch back. If we really cared, we could set a timer and like <laughs> know for sure. Yeah. The first time I did it, he lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> lost did. his mind. Uh, yeah, yes, what, 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 what's going on there? What, what are you talking about? I'm turning on our game. What is this red zone? I, I don't. I don't want this red zone. Blah, blah, blah. It's so fantastic. Turn on the brownies. Yeah, yeah. the brownies. It. It's always it, the brownies. It comes from a great place. He wants to watch his brownies. I've never. I appreciate it. I don't think he's ever been more disappointed in me than like <laughs> when, when I switched it from the Browns game to the red zone. You channel. let the patriarch of our family. I go. actually mm-hmm. kind of felt like I was doing something wrong, and I needed to apologize. <laughs> Yeah, that was so worse. the thing that stuck out to me that made me laugh and was just that piece that I always forget about when the Browns are on defense and he wants us to make a play, he goes, Kill brownies, kill! <laughs> like, and he's like yelling it. It's like, it's like what you it's would like tell like your dog horse. in yeah, a like, dog fight yeah, or something yeah. like that. He's, he's got like, like, like if you're watching, dog, just like sick of Like, I've never <laughs> thought of like football as like the modern day Gladia arena. But whenever I watch Grandpa watch football, I'm like, yeah, that's why he's watching this. Yeah. Kill. Kill brownies. Kill. I think it had to do with it was the Ravens and all that stuff. But Dad does that all the time, too. Dad's oh like, goodness. Dad's key line is like, oh, yeah, drag him off on a wagon. Like, <laughs> what, what is it exactly? Like, get the, get the, the, get the, the meat cart out there. Or something. <laughs> the meat wagon. <laughs> that's what it is it makes sense that's where he got it from luckily we don't oh. we don't do that we don't cheer for opposing teams injuries no, i don't think it, the other the final thing that he did that was hilarious is he has no faith in our special teams <laughs> and our kickers at all okay so anus jones is leading them no, so no, justifiably no, so that's fair but if greg joseph has one thing it's a it's a leg and he's he's got the distance so Coming to the end of regulation, we yeah. were driving down the field. Grandpa did not want us to attempt the field goal. Yeah, we were he, in the he, range to kick like we're a 50-plus yarder. He, we ended up kicking a 55-yarder. Up until the moment it was snapped, Grandpa thought it was a bad decision. We didn't. That we should we do the We should not kick the field goal. Yeah. As soon as He was Greg, adamant about it. As yeah. soon as Greg Joseph missed the field goal, the first thing out of Grandpa's mouth was something to the effect of, he better be packing his bags. I can't believe he missed that damn field goal. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, no one expected, you didn't expect him to make it. <laughs> and it was, it was immediate and unintentional and shameless. Like all in one thing, and it was beautiful. What have you done for me lately? What fantastic. have you done for me lately? Oh, it's so fun. So fun. But... The game. I, this the is game why, this general. is why this is why I knew that us starting a podcast was reasonable because I think that that is like the quintessential Browns fan. 
I think everyone's just like angry all the time. They're just <laughs> angry, no matter what. They're like they're angry that we're going for a stupid kick, and we're they're angry that they miss the kick. The, they don't put the two thoughts together. They're just angry because it's pent up for years and years and years, and they can be. Speaking, speaking of that, no, same speaking anger. of angry, I I deserve like a Nobel Peace Prize for not saying the F word in front of your small <laughs> children when Jarvis Landry got assaulted on the football field oh, well, on fourth and five. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll accept that later. Thank okay. You very yeah. Much. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, it. I don't like watching football in front of small children. Yeah. It's reasonable, especially Brown's game. So, so dad has that same pent up anger at the end of the game. He was standing there, Matthew, you have a recording of it. He was standing there. What was I, he saying? I exactly. I was he, he goes, no, I, yeah, splice it in here. I have never seen him this this like wired. When Greg Joseph's field goal trickled over the bar, he got up from his chair and started <laughs> screaming at the TV. <laughs> I hope it hurts, Baltimore. I hope it hurts. <laughs> I hope it hurts. How does it feel? Uh, it's so great because like that. It, yeah, that is like I can completely understand. He's been hardened and just beaten into the ground this is, for years this was not coming from my father this is coming from like this deep dark place that <laughs> yeah. i have but never seen same, before it's the same way life. he talks about art model and stuff it's oh, the baltimore yeah. thing like it is baltimore yes. through and through yeah, it is team moving and like if that happened to us right now we would feel the same dang way oh, like yeah. in this stage of our life if like the browns got moved Oh, an, like my goodness! Yes, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, yeah what? He, he was an he adult. Was, he was thirty-two. Yeah, when that happened. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah, no, he, I would. I would oh. burn that house. To oh, the I ground. would. I would carry that to the grave. Yeah. And like, keep in mind, our dad is an amazing, amazing, upstanding individual. But yes. when it comes to the Ravens, he just doesn't like them, and that's fair. They go can to burn. hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, if you want an interesting conversation, ask. Steve Kuhn about Art Modell. It yeah. is a blast. Oh, yeah. He got, I didn't know anyone that got any more pleasure about that dude pissing on his grave than Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such like a vile, disrespectful thing. Dad loves it. <laughs> you just knew Dad. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. Um, yeah, so Dad had a great day on Sunday. It was fantastic. We all had a great day. It was oh. a great, it was a great team win. Oh yeah. We didn't let the Ravens score a touchdown. How about that? That's a good recipe have, for a W. Yeah, it is. We have experienced every type of game that you possibly can this year. We had a regu- regulation win, a regulation loss, an <laughs> overtime win, an overtime loss, and a tie. <laughs> Through five games, we have had every we have run the we have run the gamut. That's so true. I thought about it in the sense of the overtime games, but I didn't realize that the other two. Yes, you're right. That's incredible. There's five out. There's five oh. outcomes you can have in an NFL game, and we have had all five of them. That's incredible. It has been a roller coaster this season, but it's been a blast. Okay, adding on to that, the largest margin of victory in any of the Browns games is four points. That's wild. One game by four, three games by that's, three points, that's and one tie. We lost to Oakland by four, right? We beat the Jets by four. Okay. Yeah. And we lost to Oakland by three, In beat the Ravens game. by three, lost to the Saints by three, and then 
tied the Steelers. That's <laughs> crazy. crazy. Oh, I mean, they've gosh. all been that tight. It's a combined. Yeah, it's just insane. It's well, insane. So we have a positive point differential now? Um, yeah. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Barely. So, barely. Squeaking by there. <laughs> My wife is a reluctant Browns observer watcher. Yeah. Observer. Yeah. She, see, a, she sees yeah. what it does to you. Even she's like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> because the Browns have won games? Well, like, because the Browns have won games, but also like... She's watched enough football to know that, like, What's this shit isn't normal. Yeah. Like, yeah. whatever this is. It's abnormal, for sure. Yeah. So I looked it up this week. This is the third the third overtime game in f- five weeks for the Browns. Yep. yep. We are Over pace, 50%. We are on pace to shatter the <laughs> NFL record for overtime games. Five in a season. Five in a season is the, is the, is the record. record. Yeah, two teams who, have done it. Who has that record? Uh, the 1983 Packers and the 2003 Panthers. That 2003 Panthers team, I think, was good. If I remember. Yeah. That was the year they made the Super Bowl, if I'm correct, with like DeLome and. Possibly. Uh, we're on pace to shatter it. We're on pace for eight. Let's do it. That's something to aim for. That's something to aim for. I don't know. I, let's, I let's can't go, do it. I can't make that kind of commitment on Saturdays. Let's go down in the record books. Although it is really throwing off my schedule. Yeah. I expect a game to end at a certain time, and when it doesn't, it really throws off my schedule. And I have to watch overtime on GameCast, which you don't, know, you don't have any idea what that does to a person. It, on GameCast, you, you can't... You have no context. You have like no context. I didn't know we were going for it on fourth down mm-hmm. right there. And then all of a sudden, it's just Raven's ball. We just didn't complete it. All of a sudden, the Ravens have the ball, and I had no idea what happened. I didn't know Jarvis Landry was absolutely mauled, and the refs made a terrible call. They, they don't make, like, a nuanced explanation. No, or... no. They're just, like, incomplete. Like, Ravens <laughs> yeah. ball. Just factual. <laughs> like, you see the little, like... Yeah. Just factual stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, in, it's infuriating. Uh, that call, in and of itself, was enough to fill an entire hour-long podcast. So, Mark, but, you, you saw it... Not live, but on replay now. What yeah. is what is your thought? Because you you probably have the most rational like take on it because you weren't there in the moment. Like you could you could sit back and know that it happened and take a look at it. Well, what I saw was just from a bunch of internet, Twitter, just flood Sleuths. storms. Yeah, just uh, absurd takes. My favorite and was somebody were, people, somebody did like the math. They were like. The ball was thrown, and there was this much time on the clock. Oh, yes. I love that. Do you have that? I I forget. I saw it on our Twitter The physics? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, Jarvis can run the 40 in this time, so... It's not tough math Two seconds. Yeah, but it's not... You don't have a precise enough, like, clock. Well, you have the lines on the field, though. It's actually pretty easy. No, but he wasn't even clocking it himself. He was just using like the clock on the TV screen. Oh, so he gotcha. didn't have like tenths of a second. That's hilarious. Um, so my, my take of it was that there's no way, and I think that it's a problem with the rule, right? Like I think that the rule in general, because they couldn't call it like a, a holding down the field because the ball was already in the air. But then by the time it happened... Yes, the pass was uncatchable. You know what I'm saying? And so, because the ball was already out of his hands, then when the refs looked at it, they're like, yeah, that was definitely uncatchable. He couldn't have caught that. 
So they were trying to go by the letter of the law. But it, it, it's, it's bull crap because if that is the way you're going to play it that way, then as soon as the ball leaves the quarterback's hands, tackle the wide receiver. Yeah, it's insane. Because no, he has no chance to catch it. And by that, like that's obviously like um, from like a common sense standpoint, that makes no sense. But it seems like that's what they did. It made no sense to me. Like I, I, so I get why there's the transition from illegal contact to pass interference, and that's important. Um, what makes no sense to me is how early in the play development that this contact happened that everybody agrees was not allowed. You, how can you, as a ref, like make that judgment call? that this ball is uncatchable when there's so much air and so much time still out there on the field. Yeah. It's so early. You can't. I agree. Maybe it was five yards overthrown, 10 yards overthrown. I I don't know. But it's impossible to make that judgment. But it's impossible to make the judgment. And if you're going to lean either way, why in the world do you lean towards it being uncatchable when the guy knocks the receiver off of his freaking feet? When literally the game is on the line. athletes like in the world. When literally the game is very much so on the line. Yeah. It was overtime, fourth down. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, it's infuriating. There's... On a positive note, we got screwed over by the refs on that call, and we're upset about it, but it doesn't matter because we won the game. Let's it, go. It is very good that we won the game because, like, there would be Browns fans on suicide watch. No, no. And Dad said this afterwards. He was, he said, and he's lived in Cleveland a long time. After that, he was worried we were going to lose, and he was worried it was going to get ugly. Yeah, because of what we went through last week, and well, I can't help. Oh, no, so it's, it, it's it would have been bad. Yeah, I oh, can't help. They were booing the refs the whole time. Yeah. The entire game, they were booing the refs. Well, that's partially because there was ten penalties called on the Browns, and now, granted, a handful of penalties on the Ravens weren't accepted, yeah. but there was hardly any, and there was like some pretty egregious like holding calls and stuff that didn't get called down the stretch. Down the stretch, it ended up being four for like forty-one yards or something got called on them. <sighs> on the Ravens, yeah. it did end up okay. Um, okay, so this game. Praise the Lord, we won this game. Absolutely, because two two and one versus one three and one, completely different story. We're five hundred, baby. Completely different outlook. I'm, we're at. I'm gonna keep saying that we're five hundred, baby. Yeah, Let's Matthew go. loves that we're five hundred through an odd number of games. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's so right. difficult to do. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some specific players and things that stuck out to you in the game. Is there anyone that you want to call out, Matthew, that you want to give special attention to? I have someone. I, I have someone. Yes. Uh, Denzel Ward mm. is great. Mm. When when mm. we were going into the draft, I mean, looking at our draft with two first-round picks, with kind of the needs that we had before the draft and then after the draft when we picked, it, when we picked Ward, we kind of looked, and like the best case scenario was, hey, it worked for the Saints last year with yeah. Marshawn Lattimore was a stud. Um, Alvin Kamara came in and was a stud. They like yep. hit on a bunch of these picks, and they became like some of their best players. And that's what we could only like dream of. Mm-hmm. Denzel Ward is so freaking good. 
Yeah, he's every bit so as good as Lattimore good. was last year for the Saints. He he's like our third best player on defense, maybe our second best player on defense at this point. I couldn't picture a better script for him through the first five games of the season. I mean, he's been fantastic. I I don't I can't even think of a mistake that he's made. Nope. Um, he's been good in coverage. There's been a couple of touchdowns caught on top of him. But there's um, been a couple tackles where he's tried to go in just in last game. That there's did a tackle where he went week. in with his shoulder and didn't actually wrap up. Yeah. And they he, got they got three extra yards. It yeah. was a real problem. Yeah. But then the award, I mean, to have a rookie come in and immediately fill a position and not just play like a replacement level player, but actually bring value. Yeah, you're talking in generalities. Like, talk about the specifics about what he did in this game to like help oh, us. I mean, he had the interception. Yeah, he blocked the freaking field goal. I mean, he crushed that first half. Like, he yeah. is the reason we were leading the game going into the halftime. When well, he's the reason we won the game. When you're talking about a defensive yeah, player the being a we... difference maker, like he is, he is actively affecting the scoreboard from his cornerback position which is, like, elite-level crap. You can absolutely say definitively we would not have won this game without Denzel Ward. If he didn't block that field goal. If he didn't block that field goal or get that interception. Yeah. He, he oh, directly interfects six – well, if they score a touchdown, 10, but definitely six. Definitely yeah. six points. It was fantastic. It was a huge turnaround. Michael, do you so, have anybody? I will stay on that side of the ball. Jamie Collins came to play this week. He had like 12 tackles. He had a million tackles. He was in the backfield (laughs) over and over again. I was trying to get his exact stat line and I got sent to like a buggy website. And so I'm worried about my computer at the moment. That's the best I've seen Jamie Collins play since. What website are you trying to go to? I know. It's like trying to look like Windows. And Uh, Jamie Collins had 12 tackles, eight solo, one sack, one and a half tackles for loss, QB hit. 12 tackles, though. Jamie and Christian, or Christian Kirksey, yeah, had twelve tackles. Yeah, no, Jamie Collins was all over the place. Made a great number of tackles, and EJ Gaines deserves a good bit of recognition. Mm-hmm. I made the comment during the game when we were watching. I wonder, EJ Gaines was not good in the first couple games of the year, not and he all. had been hurt in the preseason, didn't get a whole lot of reps, and then was coming in in like select situations. Was not playing large chunks of snaps in any of our games. I wonder if he's just a guy that needs to get loose and get in the flow of the game because he started this game and looked quite good throughout the entire game. He made at least three plays that were significant. So who do you think our three leading tacklers were? This is a good stat line. No, I know this. This makes me happy. I looked it up. This makes me really happy. This is how a defense should operate. I mean, Jamie Collins... Was one. I just said two of them. Christian Kirksey. Yep. Who do you think number three was? Was it Schobert? Yep. Our starting linebackers had the most tackles in the game. That's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. That's great. perfection. Are we, we had an immaculate defensive performance this week. Ravens didn't score a touchdown. Um, it was kind of bend but not break. They did allow good, significant chunks of yards throughout the game, which were a little bit frustrating. There were some big chunk like runs and... Screen passes on third downs. Well, that third down screen pass was something. But that's the first time that's happened this year. That happened each and every game last year. And that's the first time it's happened this year. So I've been pleased with that. Just wait till we play the Bengals. Why aren't we... Why can't we 
ever throw any late developing screen passes? That's a good question. Because Tyrod couldn't do it. Tyrod was incapable. But we haven't been able to do it with Baker either. But we haven't tried. It's, tried it's, a also a du- it's also a Duke Johnson type play. No, we've only tried and wide receiver screens. We haven't tried. There's been a couple times we've tried late developing screens. The problem with that play is when it works, it works. When it doesn't work, the best you can hope for is an incomplete pass. Yeah. Uh, but I like all three of our running backs on that play. Yeah. Like, all three of them can catch well enough to, yeah, to execute that. Uh, all right, how about on the offensive side of the ball? Matthew, who who were you most impressed with? Um, the the injured party. Richard Higgins has been stepped up Bowling. and played great mm-hmm. for us when we need him to. We Our wide receiver core has really been something this year <laughs> from what we came into week one of the preseason um, to what we rolled out. In fairness, it's still better than what last year's receiving core was. No, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) Rashard Higgins wasn't even on the roster this time last year. He was on the practice squad. Um, But Higgins has played great. Like, he is a a contributing contributing productive NFL-caliber wide receiver, and that's more than I expected. And if he gets three catches for 60 yards every week, he can be on my team for as long as he wants. We are spreading the ball around. Which I, we, we've been talking about our weapons going into this mm-hmm. season, like all during the offseason. We're talking about all these weapons we have. Baker Mayfield has provided the perfect jolt, and he's the type of quarterback that's just like, whoever's open, I'm going to throw him to. But we had four different receivers that all had 60, in between 60 and 70 yards Landry and Joku, Higgins and Willies, all had 60 something yards. No one had more than 69 yards. It was, they're all yeah. right in there. We just, and that's the exact thing that we need to be able to keep defenses on their toes. Yep. Um, it's been great. I mean, Njoku, like, is finally, like, showing signs of life now that Baker's throwing passes in what? his direction. He only had only one drop this week? He had one drop that was pretty ugly. Very untimely. But and we're, we're... Antonio Callaway had a freaking drop that was untimely, too. Baker avoided a rush on third down in the middle of the fourth quarter and throws it to the sideline to Callaway, and he just lets it drop right through his hands. Well, he caught it, and then it was batted out. and He didn't, he didn't have strong hands. He caught it, and he brought it down, and the, the cornerback came in and knocked it out. He's gotta, so frustrating. He's got to pull that in immediately as opposed to holding it out there. It is infuriating. I, how many drops has Antonio I mean, Callaway had this year? I mean, Like 10 <sighs> double digits? It's just frustrating to do the hard work of getting open and getting the ball there and then not being able to do the easy part. Yeah. No, it is. But Seth DeValve came back, and that was exciting. He only had one catch. But it just adds the extra element we were talking during the game that Seth DeValve has that natural pass-catching ability. It's good to have him Seth DeValve's an interesting case because he was present in the first half, and I don't know if he really – played much in the second half probably got hurt <laughs> it's possible <laughs> think about how healthy uh duke johnson is right now he hasn't gone off the field f- even faked an injury oh yet no, this year. no no he did no, he like when he you like walked. drug himself off the field at the end oh, of the game did he? <laughs> yes no no classic duke like got two carries in a row and you just had to peel him off oh, the turf it's too much it's yeah. too much yeah and then as soon as he got to the sideline, he was hugging everybody, whatever, but you had to peel him off the turf. 
No, but I did think it was interesting that they rode Duke in those spots. They they ran that draw play, which was beautiful. Got us 15 yards and was the play after that big Willie's catch that got us into field goal range. We yeah. then drew drew up that draw play and he got 15 yards and then he got two carries from there and then we kicked the field goal. That was it. That was the end of the game. They just rode Duke. And those were three consecutive carries for a guy that he probably had five touches in the whole game. Yeah, he legitimately had five. Um, and so, like, it's just wonder, so funny how, like, I they wonder, decide to do that. Like, I wonder if they like the defensive matchup, if they were trying to keep him from, from not subbing off. But he looked so good. He looked great. Like, I just loved seeing, like, yeah. a, a volume of Duke Johnson. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll keep growing into it. I mean, th- he's going to be a guy that if after week 10, if we're in a position to push for a playoff spot, he's going to be a guy that you can start adding volume to and really get something like a next level from because he's he fresh. A- I think, too, we're accustomed to seeing a lot of Duke Johnson because he's really good in passing downs and we're used to playing games from behind. Right? Yes. So, like, in years past, like, we've been behind and we've got to pass a ton and that's, like, Duke Johnson's strong suit. So whereas like when you're playing a All close these games game, have just been back and forth. Been back and forth. They've been close games. You want to run the ball. You want to kind of have like more of your standard set. And that's just not what's the you know, most, what what's leans the, towards Duke. What's the most points we've been behind all season? Is it fourteen to the Steelers at the beginning when we came back? Yes. In f- the fourth quarter, we were down fourteen. Came yeah, back. that's right. Um, Nick Chubb got Josh Gordon was on our team that right, week. Good. Yeah, R.I.P. Seems um, like a year do you remember ago. how much? You remember how much wasted time we've spent talking about Josh Gordon? Just how it's many wasted hours, now? How many hours do you think we spent just giving him lip service that is just all for nothing now at this point? Anyway, Nick Chubb got three carries again. Did not quite make the most of them the way he did last week. He had one big run that got called back. Actually, there was like a holding call that brought it back. But he got some early carries though, and then not again. Yeah, and then it just stopped. <laughs> no. I wonder why that is. Uh, um, so let's talk about let's talk about the like end around the reverse the jet sweep that happened that lost eleven yards on the game winning drive. Oh, what do you? I really thought it was the end of the game. Like I saw that and was like, oh Browns. We I had, mean, we had a second twenty one after that, and it's a self inflicted win. Like I said, I was watching our GameCast, so I had no idea what happened. I was like, Streeter loss of eleven yards. Like what in the world? I I mean personally. Look, that's one of those play calls where you're trying to like show something different and catch them off guard. Fabricate something. But the only thing that was different is that it was to Streeter this time and not Callaway. Like we've showed that exact same look, that exact same like build up and formation in previous weeks. So is it really gonna be that surprising? Also, if that goes bad like it did like it should have ended our game. Mm-hmm. So, like I I hate that Todd Haley kind of has this streak to him, where I feel like he tries to get out ahead of himself a little bit. Where if that play is kind of a a simple get three four five yards, like stay stay on pace, stay in rhythm, like you're in a good spot. At but it has- second and twenty one, I was like, oh. Just 
Just punt the ball. Such a... <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. Just punt the ball on second down. Like, who well, cares? Well, it felt like just the game was it, over. Just kneel it twice and punt it. Jay Matthews style. <laughs> it, oh, my goodness. It felt bad. I want to make the comment about, since we've been like... Compl- <laughs> that kills me. Can we go back to that? Mark and I went to a high school yeah. where the high school football coach used to punt on third down routinely <laughs> Often. When, it, when it was third and like really long situation. Often. No, he would do it all the time. Like, could you? Could it's like you, the, the opposite of the analytical take. Could you send a worse message to your entire team? <laughs> like, could you ruin morale for every single person on your team? You might as well just stand there, look at them in the face, and say. I don't believe in you. <laughs> you can't look. Look at me. Look at me. I'm your head coach, and you can't do it. It <laughs> like, would be like third fifteen, and they'd punt, and it would be like a sneak punt, like one of those like quarterback, quarterback like pooch punts. Yeah, you know. But it's third down, and it's like, wait, you're not even gonna try. That's such like a. That's like, such like like you have a free opportunity. To, you could do this next time. Yeah. Like, such a big believer in field position that Jay Matthews, hilarious. Uh, sorry, Michael, what were you saying? Oh, um, we've been railing on special teams all season, and rightfully so, <laughs> have been railing on special teams. But I do feel like we took little steps in the positive direction. We didn't have any huge returns in this game. Their biggest return got called back um, for a block in the back. We, I saw Jabril Peppers be a little bit more decisive on some returns. He caught the ball and didn't pause immediately. He like oftentimes took a quick, decisive step, and went forward. I appreciated that. And Rod Streeter was working as one of the gunners, and I think he did a really good job in a lot of cases. He was down there in position, holding, you know, keeping contain. And yeah. I thought that that breaking, was an improvement. Breaking up the momentum. Yep. Like not letting the returner yep. get, get ahead of steam going. No, Jabril, there is... I say this now, maybe he'll grow into it. I don't I don't think there's ever going to come a time where I feel good about Jabril being back there with regard to getting points. Like I don't think he's ever going to be able to return kicks consistently enough to to make it a threat. Um he does look like a natural uh, catcher of the ball back there. He he seems very comfortable doing that. If he can do what he did near the end of the game where it's, you know, you sidestep to make the first man miss and then go up field, that provides so much value to get 8, 9, 10 yards yep. on a punt return instead of fair catching it or catching it and trying to run sideways. If he can get up field, though. Yeah, but which, it's never, which, which it's he never... did. He did at the end of the game. Um, but I feel so much better about him than Callaway back there. As far as catching, I don't the trust ball. Callaway's hands. Yeah, and it's not worth it. Which is hilarious thinking about the positions they play. Yeah, <laughs> it is hilarious. Yeah, it's just not worth it. Um, one of the things that I really want to talk about about this game is our leader on offense, besides Baker Mayfield. I would say the most vocal leader is Jarvis Landry, and at the end of that uh, game, I thought you were talking about Petonia. Yeah, I mean, probably he is. I respect the man a lot. But at the end of that game, Jarvis decided not to go out of bounds, and we lost 20 seconds on the clock because of Jarvis's decision. We had so much more time, and we had to run up there and inex- throw, throw the ball into the ground. It is absolutely inexcusable. Like, what? He's a veteran guy. Like, there's, 
There's what no... also kills me is it's not it's not like a value judgment in the moment where it's like oh I could go out of bounds or I could get twenty more yards. Yeah, no, like, it wasn't. He, he didn't get any more yards. Just go out of bounds. It's brutal. There wasn't even a chance for him to get any more yards. Like it wasn't like there was one guy. There was four guys yeah. right there. Every the most I would say most NFL players get out of bounds, whether you're a rookie or a vet. And Jarvis, ninety percent of wide receivers go out of bounds right there. You like, have to, like maybe ninety-five, with the exception of like former players that have I can think of. Steve Smith maybe wouldn't go out of bounds. Have you seen? Did, um, did he talk about that at all in the media? Was he asked about it? I didn't see anything. Luckily, it got so. overshadowed by the win. Yeah. But man, there were so many things that we did that were just like inexcusable. Because we should have gotten out of bounds. Would have had an opportunity to get a lot closer. For a much closer field goal, maybe yep. Joseph makes it in regulation. We don't have another freaking overtime game. I don't have to lose another thirty minutes of my life. Yeah, but so, it's just so it's so great. And I also want to talk about this. So we talk about the loss of the on the drive where we ended up in overtime, getting all the way down the field and kicking the Greg Joseph field goal. It was distinctly different with Baker in the pocket on every offensive drive. I don't know how you guys felt, but I always felt like we had a chance to pick up every third down because Baker could make the throws. It wasn't like a, a half-hearted like, hope, like maybe we're going to get like a defensive pass interference and we're going to keep the chains moving. It was like Baker can actually do this. And I can't remember a time where we had a quarterback that I actually felt like that about. Well, look, we're at a point in the season now where both Baker and Tyrod have played 10 quarters apiece. So now, now's the time to compare them, like on evil pl- even playing field. And there's no doubt, like you can't even deny that Baker's better. I mean, his completion percentage is up 10 per- percentage points. He's got almost twice as many yards. His average uh, per completion is up by like almost – 50% over Tyrod's. Um, Tyrod had two touchdowns. Baker's got three, so that's a kind of a wash. Baker's got three interceptions. Tyrod's got two. We know kind of what those interceptions are. The Like, every single statistical category, Baker Mayfield is noticeably and definitively do you have the yards per? Tyrod. Do you have the yards per attempt on both of them in front of you? Uh, honestly, I, I don't, but I can get it. Yeah, while you're looking, honestly, even the interceptions. Like we came into the season thinking Tyrod was going to be this person who protected the ball and threw the ball precisely and took really great care of it. Tyrod's interceptions killed us. Every interception, the two of them that he threw, were awful. Mm-hmm. But Baker's haven't necessarily. There was in the in the game while they were showing it, uh, he threw that interception. What it was like the first drive or whatever. And they were talking about it, and they were like, if there's one thing I know about Baker, thinking about that interception, he just does not care. And, like, that's, that's what he showed throughout the entire game. He just did not give a crap. And, and he threw an interception, he was just going to, like, I'm going to play football. Yeah, just keeps on going. Oh, that's what, that's what I gave you before. Yards per attempt, Baker's at 7.8, Tyrod's at 5.5. Yeah, that's a big, big difference. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, you want your yards per attempt to be like over seven. When it gets under seven, it's bad news for an NFL quarterback. Because you're just dumping it. Yeah. 
And that's yards per attempt, right? So that's not like yards per completion. That's yards per every time you yep. throw the ball. So No, yards per completion, Baker's at 13.3, Tyrod's at 11.3. Yeah, and so the reason that the yards per attempt is the good uh, measure, because it go, takes into account your completion percentage and everything like that, that's why it's a good little measure to like quickly look at how a quarterback's playing. Um, and is Baker's been sacked fewer times. Oh, that's abu- that is abundantly clear. Which which is like it's, it's, that's it's inexcusable ab- for Tyrod at this point in his career. Yep. That that is the one thing that he should definitively be able to be better than the rookie quarterback at is not getting sacked. Well, the thing about Tyrod is I don't think he trusts his arm the way that Baker trusts his arm. Like he can't just sling it out there quickly because he doesn't think he can make the throws. Like it's just not he just doesn't have the zip. Baker just is so decisive and it's fantastic. I love it. Haven't been more excited about a quarterback ever, and we got him for a very long time. Um, any other things about Michael? You wanted to talk a little bit about Hugh Jackson's coaching decisions. Well, it was interesting to me. We got to that fourth and five situation in our second overtime offensive possession. You know that res- the play resulted in the, the Jarvis, Jarvis Landry, Landry. but we were at. Like the forty something yard line. Where were we? We were around midfield. Yeah, it was, it was like just past midfield, I believe. Yeah, uh, and it was fourth and five, and he like just went for it, like right away. Didn't seem to really like think it. about it. He, he kind of just like threw. It. He was like, "What the hell?" It did <laughs> kind of seem it. nonchalant, not entirely thought out. I think it's the call I would prefer them to go for. They, that they don't want to tie. Like, like we only had a few minutes left in the game there at that point. Three minutes left. If you punt, you're essentially saying we're either going to lose or tie. Yeah, but I was kind of surprised is, that Hugh was so quick to make that call. It just yeah. didn't seem like a Hugh, a typical Hugh decision. So I was glad to see it. Like but I support fa- it. I'm I'm down with it for sure. Yeah, but it's fantastic. That's what. Whenever the Titans were playing the Eagles. Mike Vrabel, it was fourth and like 14 or something like that. 15. And 15. And Mike Vrabel was like, overtime? Yeah, we're not trying to lose. We're not trying to tie either. We're not going to kick the – like, we're just going to go for it. Let's go. It's crazy. It's fantastic. And then then we didn't get it, and the defense really stepped up. Like, that is what's super impressive to me. Right there, they held them – it was a three and out right after that point. And that's that's what helped us win the game. Like, that is enormous to play – Think about how many snaps we've played over the course of the season. This was the end of the game. They got there and they stepped up and they put a bunch of pressure on Flacco on that drive. Like they stepped up. Like they deserve a whole that, lot of praise played there. Nearly an entire additional NFL game. Yeah, that is something to <laughs> think about. Like moving forward in the season, we have played more football than the other teams have. Oh yeah, and that that could come in to be a factor. Um, hopefully not though. We've stayed pretty injury free throughout the entire year. At least we've got pretty much everybody back except for Mitchell. Interesting. I'm looking at the snap counts for the yep. game. Body only played one snap on defense yesterday. That's very interesting. I mean, I don't remember seeing him on the field. It's not good. It's crazy. For some reason, I feel like our coaching staff doesn't like body. I mean, TJ Carey kind of supplanted it. He wasn't playing that great. And TJ, so they gave TJ, TJ Carey the slot the snaps. Demarius Randall is playing free safety. He's a stud. Yeah. 
got EJ Gaines playing outside. I mean, he kind of lost his spot as the nickel corner because he gave up some big plays early. So in you're the playing year. like four. And they put TJ Carey in there instead. I mean, I really like having Thotty on our roster, though, just in case Randall goes down. I feel like he's a great substitution there. Oh, he's a great substitute in both the slot in and any, in anywhere. free safety. Yeah, I mean, outside uh, corner, even. Yeah. Worse, push comes to shove. Um, anyway, so there's a the thing we do on our podcast every single week. We decide. We pick the lines of the primetime games, and Michael always likes to talk about the fact that he's winning, so here's your slot, Michael. Go ahead. Talk, tell everyone how you're winning. I'm still in the lead, but it's not looking as good as it was earlier, so I'm not going to brag too much. Um, played the humble card this week. Good for him. Well, it's just trending in the wrong direction, <laughs> so I'm going to... Yay, Michael. Um, I am the only one with a positive record at the moment. Um, there it is. There it is. So Matthew gained up a little bit of ground. What? Uh, <laughs> picked two out of three last week. But so this week's games, we'll do Thursday night first. Philly is favored by three points heading to the Meadowlands to play the New York football giants. Favored by three, you say? Philly is favored by three heading to face the New York Giants and all of their locker room turmoil that everyone's talking about today. By the way, I knew that Pat Shermer was not going to work out as the head coach of the Giants. Like Pat Shermer's just the guy that like is a good like coordinator and position coach, On paper. but like is not the leader that everyone's going to rally around. All right, it's been 5 games. I'm, I'm gonna give him, but you've give seen him a little more than. But you've we seen saw more it in Cleveland. Games of we Pat saw Sherman. it in Cleveland. Like, see it now. You yes. see him speak, at and a you press just conference. look at him. I just remember when we picked him, and he was our tenth choice as head coach, and I was like, "Oh no, poor guy." Yeah. Uh, um, good for him for rallying back and getting to where he was and getting himself another job. But anyways, it, it doesn't look good for him there because Eli's not playing great. What are you going to do? Go draft a quarterback. And they're not going to be so bad that yes. they get the top choice. They're going to be like that like just saw. second or third option. And No, I just saw their top five slot right now. I just saw um, Draft Network. Yeah, but are they, right they going to be the top? Well, to here's the thing. Is they played themselves last year. Their offensive line is not good. They played themselves last year by drafting Saquon Barkley. Oh, it's it's was a disaster of a decision. Yeah. One of the interesting storylines of this NFL season, though, is that there are very few teams that have significant questions at quarterback. Like almost every team has like their guy at quarterback now, whether it's a rookie that is the future or an established player. So that's going to be interesting to look at as the draft comes around because I don't yeah. know how many people are going to be in high demand for a quarterback. And so the Giants might be fortunate in getting to pick, regardless of where they are in the top 10 picking, it they might, might be, have a good good swing at one of the top guys. It might be the Giants and like all three of the Florida teams who are in the market for a new quarterback. It, it, it all just depends on how things go yeah i mean the bucks the bucks that Jameis could pull that around and that Jameis yeah but they, around, but, but they could know, also be the bucks as a franchise it up and in the market the bucks as a franchise are not behind Jameis. like they took down every banner that had Jameis <sighs> hanging around the stadium like they're not endorsing Jameis winston anymore and that I, is the face of your franchise uh the dolphins are done 
with Tannehill. Yeah, for sure. You think Bortles is terrible? Why do you think the Dolphins are done with Tannehill? They've, I don't know that that's true. They've never liked Tannehill. Um, they got There's got to be someone better did, out there. Did you, you see? Can't. They they lost because the Bengals scored 14 points on pick sixes. Or like, yes, like Tannehill <laughs> turnovers. Like it was bad. I'm mad about that because I, the Bengals had another loss on their resume. This division would be looking real interesting. Um, yeah. In All fact, right. I'm really looking forward to the Steelers winning against the Bengals this week and really tightening up the whole race. Our division is a dogfight right now. Everybody's over fi- 500 or better yep. at this point. Yeah, no it's one's crazy. particularly great. The Bengals' record's good. They've only got one loss. They're 4-1. and one. Well, the, yeah. well, the Browns are great, Michael. Well, sure. Okay, so <laughs> we started this conversation talking oh, about yeah. the Eagles and the Giants. Eagles favored by three, heading to New York. Mark, I'll let you make the first pick. Um, Eagles are favored by three heading to New York. I was really surprised at how many points that the Giants put up this week at Carolina. And it, it took a 63-yard field goal for them to lose the game. They were set up to win this game against the Carolina Panthers, who I think yeah. is a very respectable team. Um, Odell finally broke out. I think if they can keep this offensive connection, I mean, they got the pieces. Everyone knows it. They have the weapons. Um, I'm going to take the Giants. Matthew. I mean, Philly hasn't looked good this whole year. Not the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions that we thought they were. That's fair. They're not who we thought they were? They are not who we thought they were. And we put them on the hook. Matthew. Um, I'm going to take Philly. I, I like that team. I like that coaching staff. I, I don't believe in Pat Shermer. I believe even less in <laughs> Eli Manning and the Giants offensive line. <laughs> Um, I think Fletcher Cox and friends are probably gonna are just really looking forward to this week. Derek Barnett. Um, so I gotta go to the Eagles. And Eric Flowers is on the trading block, evidently. Anyone yeah. want to give up an asset for Eric Flowers for a floundering right tackle? <laughs> hey, we, got, uh, we got a couple seventh round picks. Even though even though he's on a rookie deal, it's still an oversize. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, exactly. I think he was pick number ten overall. Michael, who you got? Um, I picked the Eagles I, for almost the exact same reasons as Matthew. I just trust their organization and the the team and the coaching staff they have in place there more so than the Giants. Hmm. But we'll see. It's Thursday night. Anything can happen. The Giants are at home. So that I did hesitate to make that decision, but I feel more comfortable being on the Philly side of things. Both teams are desperate is the problem. Like yeah. Both of these teams are not – we have a better record than the Eagles. The Eagles are two and three. Yeah, we do. So, like, I mean, just giving you a sense of, like, where things are at for these teams. Like, the Eagles need a win. Bad. So, I I just think that they're going to do what it takes to make it happen. So do the Giants. So, the next game, um, Sunday night, is Kansas City at New England, which will be quite entertaining. That's fantastic. Yeah, with New England favored by three and a half. So, um... Mahomes hasn't been quite as awesome the last two weeks, but he's done what it takes to win. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I wanted to see what he would do with a little bit of adversity, and he's been pretty calm, cool, and collected in the midst of all. He threw, he didn't throw a touchdown this week and had two picks. He still threw for 300-something yards, but like he's not invincible. So I'm really interested to see what happens with a Belichick New defensive is, scheme. New England's favorite against by three? Three and a half. Wow. Mm-hmm. Why? Why in the world? 
Everyone loves Belichick. So I'll go ahead and make my pick first. Um, I'm going to go with KC. I like it. Yeah. Three and a half. I think Kansas City, it, just on paper, I think Kansas City's playing much better football than New England is at this point in the season. And I just trust there. We were talking before we came on. Kansas City has the number one offense in DVOA, the number one special teams unit in DVOA, and the absolute worst <laughs> defensive unit in they're, DVOA. They're one, the, one, and 32. They're like the anti-Browns. <laughs> yeah. But how bad is... Um, how bad is New England's offense to be able to actually like capitalize on that? Like they're not they're not what they've ever been before. I mean, they have Tom Brady, but well, and they've got Edelman back now, and they That's looked true. a heck of a lot better this past week than they had been. So um, there's definitely a chance that New England just runs up the score on that defense, but we'll see. But Kansas City, like they played Jacksonville this week, and Jacksonville didn't score for like three quarters. Yeah. I mean, but I they mean, were they playing. They were playing. That, that they didn't have Leonard Fournette. That Jacksonville offense is like stripped down to its core, and they're I not mean, that great in the first place. They've got Blake Bortles throwing to Dante Moncrief and whatever other like scrub wide receiver they could find. Uh, and they're down some offensive linemen too. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's bad. But I got KC in this game. Matthew, what's your pick? I'm taking New England. This is like the Bill Belichick special right here. Like just the minute when you think that like maybe the the league's moved on, maybe he's he's lost it. Um, the thing that nobody else can do, and that's stop Kansas City's offense, he's going to spend all week and figure out how to do. And plus, that Kansas City defense is terrible. And the New England offense, now that Edelman's back, they've got Gordon, they've got – um, White is playing incredible out of the backfield. He's catching like 10 passes a game. Gronkowski, this New England offense can put up points now that they've got other people back. So I don't see how Kansas City stops them, and I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. All right, Mark. Um, I think based on the information that I have gotten over the course of the season, I'm very inclined to pick Kansas City. Based on the fact that you're beating me and I want to make up ground, I am very inclined to pick the New England Patriots. And that's what I'm going to do <laughs> for the game, for the Fair win. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which brings us to the Chargers and the Browns. So Chargers oh. heading to Cleveland to play, which I thought about this. I'm kind of bummed that we're playing the Chargers in Cleveland because when you play the Chargers in their own stadium, it's like your own home game. Yeah. Because yeah. no one shows up to cheer for them. So it's almost like we're losing a home game. Yeah, kind of. Like we're not really getting an advantage yeah. by playing them in Cleveland. Like it'd be the same advantage if we poor, played them in L.A. Poor, poor Chargers. Um, but the Chargers are favored by one. How are you feeling about this game? I let, let's just evaluate how we feel about the game, and then we'll make the picks afterwards. Like, what are you thinking about I, as we head into this? I week? have no idea how to feel about this game, and I put this out on Twitter. The Chargers right now, after five games, are an anomaly to me because they've lost. They've won three and lost two. The two teams they lost to were the best two teams in the league: Kansas City and the Rams. The three wins that they have are over the Bills, the Raiders, and the 49ers after Garoppolo went down. So they've won the games that they're supposed to, and they've 
lost the games that nobody can really fault them for. So they could be anywhere from the third best team in the league to like the fourth worst. And <laughs> and I, I don't really know. So I don't know what to expect coming out. They don't have Bosa, which is an advantage he to comes, us. He comes back like the week after that. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. I just think this is this is a big game. I mean, it's this oh, one, it's and then we head to Tampa. We have won our – we've played good at home so far. I mean, we tied the Steelers, and we've won the last two games we played at home. I think that's an advantage for us. I hope we can build off of this and pull it off. They've got a pretty interesting offense. They've got a lot of receivers now. And they run out that the two-headed running back attack with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I'm a little worried about them scoring points and us not being able to match it. I think if I'm worried about anything, that's what it's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but their offensive line isn't anything fantastic by any means. So I'm hoping that our defensive line can wreak some havoc and force a couple turnovers so we'll see um mark do you have any particular thoughts heading in this game yeah i do i am gonna go ahead and make my call okay that's fine like like you didn't because you want me to go first so you can save some ground no i said we would all make our comments and then we'd make our picks oh wasn't listening at all great um so one thing that i'm worried about is the jekyll and hyde defense that we have um, is it going to be the defense that played the Raiders that gave up all those yards and our defense was the worst part of our team? Or is it going to be the defense we've seen every other week? And I'm inclined to think that Drew Brees is going to be able to take out and target all of the bad sides of our defense because he's a savvy veteran. He is great. But if we can frustrate him. Oh, sorry. Philip Rivers? Philip Rivers, yeah. You know, the trade really got me. <laughs> Um, I was th- that's what I was still, thinking about. Still processing, still, still processing that. that. It's been it hasn't been long enough. Um, but if I feel like Philip Rivers is going to be able to pick us apart, but if we terrorize him from the onset, then we're going to have a good chance. I agree with you that I think it's going to be about our defense being able to stop their offense. Melvin Gordon always puts up points. Um, he always has a good game, so hopefully we'll be able to satiate that offense and I, I I trust Baker I think Baker is going to be able to do what Baker has done in each and every game that he showed up he's going to be able to put a, at least 300 yards um, maybe have a touchdown maybe have an interception but he's going to be able to get us to move down the field um, so it's going to be about our defense this week so your pick the Browns all right they win um, by three <laughs> in overtime cover the one <laughs> point in overtime <laughs> Win by three, another three-point game. It's probably going to be close if the Browns are in it. Oh, man. Matthew, what's your pick? You know, we are at home, which which I like. I think um, I expect Cleveland Browns Stadium to be rocking with the, the Indians dumping out of the playoffs. The Cavs aren't really going to be a team that's that exciting this year. Mm-hmm. The Browns right now are the best thing that's going on in town. There's finally a reason to be excited about. Like, everybody knows as soon as there's any hope in the Browns in that city, it's just going to be a powder keg and explode. The fact that we're playing at home, San Diego has to come play at 1 o'clock Eastern time instead of late. Traveling coast to coast is difficult. 
Um, I am concerned we're not wearing our Color Rush jerseys this week because we <laughs> can only win when we wear those. But I think we're going to overcome the jersey mishap. I, I literally don't understand. Why wouldn't we? We're, all, we're only allowed to wear them so many games, and oh, we've right. already got them like, scheduled out. Yeah, it's, hopefully we wear orange. Do we know what the, what it's gonna be? I have no idea. I it's one of those. Orange. It's one of those stupid NFL rules. It's like why? So dumb. Why would you regulate that? <laughs> it yeah, just makes yeah, no sure. sense at all. Um, but I, I think, I think I'm gonna go with the Browns. I, I picked against us last week. I learned my lesson. Um, Good. Follow this. Mine. This team can play with anybody. We're gonna win games. We're gonna lose games. But we can hang with anybody. I agree. And they've showed that. I mean, every game has been close. I want to see us run away with one sometime soon. Oh, that would be nice. Tampa. I mean, I thought... Let's just blow them out. I thought we were doing that two weeks ago. And then the Raiders came back and pulled that one out. Beat us. Yeah. Um, But anyways, um, there's no way I'm picking against the Browns. Uh, I've been picking with the Browns all year, and they've only let me down once, so... Hell if I'm going to change that. So I'm with the Browns all the way. It's a clean sweep from the Coon Brothers. Browns, Browns, Browns. There it is. You know what's going to happen now. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. <laughs> what's that, Matthew? I said they lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to happen now. Why, I'm why would you for. say that? Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, ignore Matthew's pessimism. If you like this podcast, be sure to... Um, leave a comment on our podcast feed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Sin of Our Fathers. Um, if you have um, an email address, like if you ever send emails, just send us an email, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. We so much appreciate you listening. Um, and be sure to shave your face with Barbasol razors. That's the only way to do it. Just do it. Barbasol. Go Bye. Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.